absolutely. It depends on the uh, COR of the flagstick, so the Coefficient Restitution flagstick. In U.S. Opens, I'll take it out, and uh, every other tour event, when it's uh, fiberglass, I'll leave it in and bounce that ball against the flagstick if I need to. Welcome back, podcast patrons, to another episode of Leave the Pin In. As always, I'm your host, Dan, and I've got my sidekick with me, the man who's always there, Scott. Scotto, I know your slippers are clean. You're at the club. I saw you had ESPN on the screen. What club was that, Scott? The 4040 Club? Uh, yes, 4040 Club. By the way, shout out to the Red Solo Cup full of Arnold Palmer. And let's do it. Yeah, episode 40 getting underway. Uh, Scott, before we do anything, I'm going to thank some of the people that make this happen. I'm going to thank Mulligan's Golf as well as McEwen Golf. You'll notice, Scott, I am wearing a McEwen Golf Tiger hat right now, one of my favorites. I love it. Um, and I was wearing a Mulligan's Golf shirt while I was working out today. So that's a good combo, Scott. I am uh, dressed head-to-toe and sponsor our apparel. And let me tell you, it's some good stuff. So go to mulligansgolf.com or McEwenGolf.com. And check them out on Instagram as well as every other social media aspect that you can find out there. And look, they make great product. And it's just, I love it, Scott, because it is off the course golf wear. So I can still dress like a golfer, you know, for those that are in the know. And, you know, it, it doesn't look corny. Like this hat is sick as hell right now. And for all the YouTube people watching, you're going to be able to see that hat right there. Like that is awesome. I know you've got a few. We talked about this. Mm. I like dressing like a you know golfer in my off time too, and I can see Scotto that you've got a pretty sick shirt on right now. What are you rocking? This is actually uh, it's a little old school. This is a it's a Travis Matthew uh, Beth Page Black at the Barclays T-shirt um, back when you could get a, a halfway decent T-shirt at a, a PGA Tour event. Now you know sometimes they're cool, sometimes they're not. Um, but these Travis Matthew ones for, I guess it was, uh, maybe 2015, any tournament that I went to and I went to like three or four, they had these t-shirts with these really cool designs on them. Um, and I have three or four of them. I have this one. I have a, a traveler. I actually have two travelers ones with different designs. Um, I have one from the AT&T national and I have another one from, I don't remember where that other one's from. But yeah, I got like four of them. It's one of the things that's missing in the golf world are just like cool golf t-shirts because everyone thinks that golf needs to be polo shirts. Um, now, the course that I work at and play at Hideaway, like I'll show up in a t-shirt and shorts sometimes. And if it's past three o'clock or so, nobody cares. And I'm telling you what, dude, there's nothing better than going to the range in a, a t-shirt and shorts or playing golf in t-shirt and shorts. Like as comfortable as polos are and nice shorts or, or real lightweight pants you just can't beat playing in a t-shirt i mean for me i just i love it you know i love the comfort factor of it i love the uh the the feeling of being more so of an athlete you know than, than wearing a button-up shirt um and McEwen golf and mulligan's golf are leading the way scott in terms of off course uh, apparel it's a revolution if you will i saw you had one on while you were playing mini golf over the weekend yeah yeah, that was a very intense mini golf match. It came down to the last hole, 17th well, hole, and I won one up. Well, if you're rolling up to a mini golf course with your Scotty, then... <laughs> Two Scotties. Exactly. that's not including you. Exactly. So, yeah, that, that's some serious, some serious mini golf you got working. Yeah, for sure. Uh, my oldest son and I played, and uh, he turned to a little uh, little putt-putt king, if you will. But we did. We rolled up with some Scotty Camerons because that's how we do mini golf. Speaking of Cameron, uh, Cam Champ, Scott, proves that he's not a one-hit wonder and goes off and wins in Napa. Pretty beyond emotional win. One of those things you write a story about. His grandfather, who introduced him to the game, is in hospice care in Sacramento, about 40, 50 miles away. Wasn't even sure he's going to play that week. Registers, shows up, says, you know what, I'm going to do it for him. Goes out and wins. Dad is on the 18th green to give him a hug, and he's got grandpa. He's got pops on the phone with him. Um, 
you know, after he hugs the caddy and stuff, and that's one of the first things he does is talks to his his uh, grandfather in hospice care. Um, I know you watched some of it. Obviously, I watched some of it. Uh, we're big fall series fans. I got to ask you two questions. One, Scott, does this validate Cam Champ after last year's Sanderson win? Uh, and two, does this now put him in the same um, verbiage or the same lexicon as some of those other young guns? Uh, that depends on which young guns you're talking about. If you're talking about effect. Matt Wolf and Morikawa and Hovland, um, I, I think he might be maybe a, a step or two ahead of him. Well, he's got an extra win. Yeah. Um, and he's so, and the, that's the other thing is that he's now won in two, you know, two different seasons that starting to show a little bit more longevity. It's not just a, you know, I'm going to go out and, you know, make my mark and then, you know, maybe, you know, rest on my laurels a little bit. He's not, he's not there yet. Not right now. He's out there. He's won a second time. Um, and I think that maybe, you know, that does put him a step ahead because now he's a repeat champion. And now right. in his head, he knows I can do this again. So, you know, Morikawa and, and Wolf, they aren't there yet. You know, and that's not to say they don't go out, you know, next tournament and win. But right now in their head, there's that there's got to be that little bit of doubt for champ. It's not there. He's a champ. Literally golf. and figuratively. Yeah, literally. Uh, golf is one of those sports where it's so much, what have you done for me lately? You know, uh, baseball is not like that because we look at longevity. Uh, football is very much like that. We love you in week five. We hate you in week six. We tolerate you in week seven. You find redemption in week eight. Um, for a year now, an entire year, people have said his swing won't last. He can't fight the injury bug he's a one-hit wonder all he does is drive the ball long he won't win again well he comes out he wins again i don't want to hear the bs that it's a fall series event okay bryson teed it up jt teed it up phil teed it up you know i'm talking top tier guys i don't care what time of the year it is it's irrelevant you win a pga tour event and I'm not talking an opposite field event like the Barbersaw or something, but you win a PGA Tour event, you've done something. Okay, that's the bottom line. I mean, you can flat out play. You win two of them, so no more sophomore slump. You're not a one-hit wonder. You go out, you did it. You do it at a time when mentally you're probably not even really in the tournament. That shows so much resolve on my end as I'm as I'm looking at that, you know? Mm-hmm. Right, and that's what... You know, and that's and again, overcoming that those mental barriers, you know, that that's one of the hardest things to do. And, you know, he did it and he did it under conditions that are, you know, maybe less than ideal because he had all that going on in the background. Plus, you know, there's that, you know, am I really a flash in the pan is what they're saying about me true. and you know what? He showed up and he he got a win. And honestly, you know, I I I didn't see it coming. I kind of was believing the hype a little bit that maybe he was just a flash in the pan. Maybe he was just a guy who was you know maybe better suited for long drive competitions. But yeah, I don't I don't think anybody saw it coming this week. But again, like we talk about on the show nonstop, week in week out, anybody can win. I yep. mean. Yeah, granted, Tony Romo and John Daly weren't going to win, right? You know, last week. That's fine. We understand that. But a guy like Cam Champ can win. I'm, I'm, I'm super happy that he's not injured anymore. You know, as being an athlete and someone that's been injured, and knowing how long it takes to recover and get back on the, you know, the horse again, if you will, it's awesome to see him get back and and not only compete at a high level, but but close out. I mean, the dude had what three, four shot lead, and it comes down to the last hole. Um, mm -hmm. and he almost chips in and, and the biggest knock on cam champ is what he's got no short game, right? He can hit the ball 350, 360, 370, but where's the short game? So I want to skip a little ahead of, 
in our notes because we asked the Instagram family out there, the Leave the Pin and fans, to let us know if you have any questions for tonight's pod. So one of the questions was, if Cam Champ starts to dial in his wedge game like DJ did. Remember that five, six years ago? DJ said, look, I can't just pound the ball nonstop. Like, I've got to get this 100-yard and less game dialed in because that's 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 what's lacking. You know, he looked at his stats in the offseason and saw that that was the problem. So if Cam Champ does that, Scott, and let's say he can stay healthy, keep that back in shape and not turn, in, turn into a Jason Day, can he be a top-tier player? Are we going to talk about him like we talk Rory, JT, Bryson, Jordan? Can he be that type of guy, Scott? Uh, I do think, you know, ultimately he can be because it, right now it's a distance game and he has that working for him. The rest of it, if it can come, absolutely. So I, I don't think there's anything really holding him back, you know, from doing that if like you say, he can get that short game under, you know, under control. And, you know, again, it's, it, it's a different world right now. Right. You know, what defines success in 2019, 2020 compared to what defines success in 2000, you know, eight, 2009, 2009, 2010 is completely different right now. There are people who would kill for Cameron's champ, Cameron champ's career for sure. Two two wins. I mean, the dude's got the next two years completely exempt. The next three years completely exempt um, because he was exempt, you know, this year. Now he's got two more years onto that because of the win. I mean, it's just the, the dude's living, you know? I mean, the dude is literally living right now. You you have a, um, uh, what's more, 24-year-old kid, you know, who is hopefully entering the prime of his career and hopefully is not going to be cut down by injury. Now, do I think with with his golf swing and, and the way that it places stress on his hips and his lower back, um, being one of those truly, he is the epitome of the modern golf swing. Can he keep that up? I don't know. But if he tailors his schedule correctly, if he plays you know, kind of a Tiger-esque schedule because now he's got that two-year exemption, and he doesn't need to worry about playing week in and week out. Maybe he stays healthy, you know. Maybe he pops off a win here or there. And in six or seven years, we're sitting here debating, hey, how many wins does Camp Champ have? And we look down, and we're like, geez, dude's got thirteen wins. Wouldn't have thought it was that high, you know. One of those DJ things. Right. Exactly. Yep. Uh, and again, what's right now separating him from being Dustin Johnson? You know, right? Dustin Johnson's a much better wedge game. Okay, right. you know, right. so let let's let's work on that if we're Cameron Champ, and get there, and then maybe if we can get there, you know, hopefully the for him the sky's the limit. Right, turn your weakness into a strength. I mean, that's mm -hmm. the bottom line. Practice it until it is one of your strengths. Now we've got um, we've got the Shriners Hospital for Children's Open coming up in Vegas this week. Uh, have you been able to look yet at anybody playing there? You got any interest? Obviously, you got interest in it, but do you have any interest in making a a pick at all? the The trendy pick right now, Scott, is to go with uh, Patrick Cantley because of the way that he's played there the last two years. I think he's got a second and a third. So everyone, of course, is going to pick him. Uh, I'll tell you what. I'm going to go with Bryson as my pick. And forget about the fact that on, you know, the 18th hole, he wanted to get a drop, a free drop from the hazard. Yeah, that's Bryson being Bryson. I mean, that's that's what he does. He's a little bit of an instigator. He's uh, likes to get underneath people's skin, I believe. But Bryson just wants things done his way. But I'm going to go with him for this week. And I also want to let you know, Scott, that my pick, Colin Morikawa, finished higher than your pick last week. Well, well, uh I, my pick didn't didn't make the cut. Right. So well, my pick had a top five. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So yeah. Much much better job on your part. Uh, well, I, well, I'm just looking at the field right now. I see you know, Kepka's playing. Webb Simpson's in there. Um, Adam Scott's playing. Bryson, like you said. Yeah. 
you know what? I, you know what? I, 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 there's no reason for it. I just feel like doing it. I'm going to take my, my dude, Gary Woodland. Okay. I mean, look, this, this right here proves at now. Look, everybody can complain all they want about the FedEx cup, right? And everyone does complain all they want about the FedEx cup. But these last three weeks in late September and early October prove that the FedEx Cup system is working because you and I now in mid-October are debating, or sorry, early October debating on Brooks Kepka, Gary Woodland, right, two major champs from last year, Bryson mm-hmm. DeChambeau, Colin Morikawa. We're debating on top-tier stars. This is no longer a silly season event. This is no longer something that goes by the wayside because these guys know that getting a head start on the FedEx Cup is super important. And look, for us as golf fans and everyone out there listening, I love this. I could not be happier. Yep, absolutely. And that's the thing. Like It used to be there'd be the, the playoffs and there'd be a few events after, which was just guys trying to get you know up on the money list, try and get into next year. And obviously you have guys that were, you know, uh, maybe, you know, there's a couple guys who are, you know, bigger names because they had, you know, bad seasons or something like that. But bigger names, you know, 10 years ago. Now you get guys who are defending major champions coming up, like you said. So absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, this is definitely it has changed the game in a, in a good way. It's changed it for the, the way better. A hundred percent agree. Yeah, I mean, when you in the fall against going against football, going against Major League Baseball playoffs, can talk about the you know some of the top ten, top fifteen players in the world playing in your tournament in Vegas, which used to be literally like just a a, a freak show of dudes trying to get into the top one twenty five, one fifty. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Um, Another question came in from Instagram, and this is actually right along the lines of what we've been talking about. They want to know which young gun wins their first major. Not so this year, but which one wins a major first. And they gave us the following options to choose from. I'm going to add some, Scott. Matt Wolf, Camp Champ, Colin Morikawa, or Victor Hovland. And let me give you some of the ages real quick. Matt Wolf, youngest, right? 20 years old. Okay, that's, that's a baby. People mm-hmm. aren't even graduated from college at that age yet. Cam Champ's 24. Elder statesman of that group, but already has two wins like we spoke about. Colin Morikawa, 22 years old, has a win. Victor Hovland, no win yet. Dominated the Corn Ferry Tour playoffs. He is 22 as well. Let me throw some other people in there that are not given their just due. Sebastian Munoz. Everyone thinks, well, Sebastian Munoz, really young gun, right? What's he, 20, 21? No, he's 26 already, Scott. Sebastian Munoz, who we are appraising, is the same age as JT and Spieth. Spieth, who has how many majors, Scott? Uh, three right now. So, yep, correct. And three majors at 26 years old, and guess what? Everyone thinks he's on the decline. Right? His best years mm. are behind him. And then I'm going to throw another name in. The cut-making man himself, Sanjay M, is only 21 years old. So take away JT and Spieth because they've already won majors. Go with Wolf, Champ, Morikawa, Hovland, Sebastian Munoz, and Sanjay M. Which one wins a major first? Um, I, I'm going to say Morikawa. My man. Hell he, yeah. He, he seems a little more mature um, and just, I, I don't know. He, I just feel like his personality may be more ready to be a major champion. I promise you people that are listening out there, Scott and I have not talked about this beforehand. Okay. We don't do that. So when we say things on the show, they are true reactions. Scott, I could not agree more. The dude is 22. And literally acts like he's 40. He he could be, in terms of golf, Tiger mature. You understand what I mean by that? Mm-hmm. Like, like Tiger, even at 21, Tiger was an old soul. right? Tiger knew the history of the game. Now, I've spoken with Morikawa personally for no more than 30 seconds to a minute. And instantaneously, 
you know that that's a real dude. He doesn't BS. He seems so content with who he is and, and what life has given him. I could not agree more. I think his mindset suits and the maturity suits the big stage of majors. Not to say that the others don't, but I just think as far as that aspect of his life and his game, he's head and shoulders above everybody else. Yeah, I would have to say that that's the case. Um, and, and to be honest with you, the 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 rest of the list, um, I'm I'm not 100% sold on Matt Wolf yet. I feel like he might need a little bit more, uh, again, like a little bit more seasoning, only because the pressure on him is really high because he's Matt Wolf. Um, uh, Hovland seems like he's kind of like laid back and low key, but I don't know if that it's maybe too laid back and low key. Um, I, I I know you told me not to take JT, but I would say other than Morikawa, I think JT is probably the the next most likely to win the next one. Well, you can't say that, Scott, because you picked Spieth to win next year. Yeah, I did, but I wouldn't be surprised if JT won before. Understood. Understood. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't hey, listen, doubt that either. All, yeah, those picks are all subject to change at a moment's notice. Oh, I that's might, the asterisk on it. Yeah, I, I uh, might change. I might change the Wednesday before the tournament. You're allowed to. I might change Sunday afternoon because you know the Masters doesn't start until the back nine on Sunday. This is true according to Jim Nance and everything that CBS tells you, but I don't think you can do that, Scotto. You might not be Jim Nance's friend anymore after doing that. Hmm. I don't know if that bothers you or not, but I, you know, just letting I, you know. If I if I get to play his uh his replica of hole seven on at Pebble in his backyard, then I I will gladly do whatever Jim Nance says. I know it's only one hole, but I would caddy for you for that hole as well. Oh yeah, of course you would. <laughs> Listen, the, uh, the problem is if we're playing that hole, it's we snuck back there and we're just going to play it really quick to uh, do it before we get caught. I, I, you know how he has the master's music back there piped in? Of I might just, I, yeah, I might just bring my own Bluetooth speaker and you know, <laughs> play it because I don't think he's going to give us access to the aux cord of the Nance mansion. No, nah, probably not. Um, listen, Tylus has a new ball coming out, Scott. Uh, they've got the EXP-01. I'm assuming it stands for Experimental 1, maybe, or something along those lines. Um, I don't really know much about it. Uh, or Experimental Product, it stands for. Uh, Tylus, VP of Golf Ball Marketing. That's actually a thing. Michael Mahoney says, uh, we're playing things pretty close to the vest. They're not really going to give much out there. When do you think we can see this out on tour? You think it makes a uh, think it makes a, an appearance this week? Uh, I think it's probably already made an appearance on tour. We just don't know it. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, Titleist has been coming out with i'm just looking at it on my phone because playing with the mouse on my computer kind of stinks um Titleist has come out with a couple different i think it's three different balls um this year in addition to their regular line so there's this one which when you said Titleist came out with a new ball i thought you were talking about the other one which is like the new true soft which is apparently they're like it's now their softest um, yeah, ball, but it's like, gonna, but it's good. That it's going to take the place of what the the uh, the super soft or whatever. I think it's just an updated true soft. To be honest okay. with you, gotcha. But they made it significantly softer. But that's like not that's not a a tour level ball. They yeah. also came out with the the left dash Pro V One X. Yep. Um. So yeah, I think Titleist is now at the point where they're so good at coming up with like golf ball technology that they can literally fine tune it, you know, down to like, well, this is in between the pro V one and the pro V one X. Like, Do, okay. I guess let me, let me read you this first and then I, and I have a thought on that. 
Uh, Mahoney, who is again mm-hmm. the VP of marketing, which means is actually a president of marketing as as well, because you need two of them. Um, says this is a product unlike anything we've ever done, even with white box testing. Which, if you're a team Titleist person, you know that a lot of times you'll get a sleeve of balls and just a plain white mailer box. And they ask you a few questions, and they just want to survey answers from you. Said so these products, uh, unlike the white box testing, which are products that are normally close to the market, this is much earlier in the testing process and phase and extremely experimental. They're not even sure that this ball is even going to make it to market. And he says something which is, which is I don't know, I guess, I guess a bit odd. He says, we don't plan plan on restocking and keeping this in the marketplace. The plan is to see how the technology fits into our long-term strategy, if at all, from there. It's just very odd wording, Scott. Yes. Yeah. I'm not, I, I'm not sure what the what, – what, what do you, what's the mindset behind You mentioned maybe something in between a Pro V1 and a Pro V1X, and then I get to thinking – well, hell, why do we need that? Do we need that? Maybe so, they see that there is a need. And look, if there's money to be made, then there's a need, regardless if there is or not, really, you know, if it's truly perceived or not. So I don't actually think this is positioned in between the Pro V1 and the Pro V1X. I think the the left dash is positioned there. Okay. It is, or it's... Or the Pro V1X is positioned in between the Pro V1 and the Pro V1X. I, yeah, I got gotcha. you. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, I don't. I'm not sure where they all kind of lie. And then there's the AVX also, which is somewhere on that that tour ball spectrum. Also, what I'm saying is that that they have they will and like you said, they've almost gone a little little mad scientist with it. A little Bryson on it. Yep, it's it's kind of crazy what they're able to do, and and again, it's it, it's getting to the point now where the, you know they can fine tune it so much that it really does offer an advantage that was not available. I mean, we're talking two years ago now. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. I mean, you know, I I love Titleist. I love Callaway balls too. You know, like I love the Truvis. Um, but I really do love the Pro V1X, and uh, I was actually playing that yesterday, Scott, when I careered it from, uh, played nine holes yesterday at Hideaway, and I played from the tips, and that's not something I do there, because the tips are very, very long. Uh, they tip it almost mm-hmm. 3,600 yards from the front nine, but I had some time. I had a great rain session on Sunday. I think I found something. I want to see if I actually found something. You know, and then it wasn't just a flash in the pan. So I went out after work and proceeded to record six pars, a bogey, a birdie, and an eagle for 34, two under 34 from the tips. The tips on that course are so long that literally there's some that are backed up to the road. There are some that stand on people's property. They're, they're, they're tee boxes, which I've only seen driving past Ranger. I've never stepped foot on them before. I've never played the blue tees from there before, but I was piping it. It was hot, Scott, mm. not temperature-wise. I'm talking the round was on fire. All right. Well, that's pretty good, and if you're going to play from the tips, that's kind of where your game needs to be. So I'm trying to think. I don't even know where some of those tee boxes you're talking about are you believe me you would not because there's one i had to search for i'm not even kidding and Mm -hmm. it looks like i may have been the only person that had hit off it all year i mean it was pristine uh one of them was so far back on someone's property i actually had to remove leaves from it because it looks like it has been untouched uh it is they're deep they're deep but you know what i was playing with a yellow pro v1x hmm so I'm all for them doing, doing uh, experimenting with uh, the ball as long as it's not on my dime and it can help me. I am definitely for that. Uh, did you see Scott, our man Bio Kim? Dude's first name's Bio. Okay, that's I mean that's a bit odd, right? Um, I mean I guess maybe not in his world. 
Well, biochem. In, in my okay. world, though, bio is what's after you know PE and lunch. Right. Former PGA Tour player suspended for the Korean Tour for one. Nope. Two. Nope. Three years, Scotto. A mm. fan's cell phone went off. He slammed his club and then gave the fan the finger. <laughs> um, I'm going to side with him. I'm going to side with him too, but I'm telling you what. I love the fact that they do not play in Korea. They're all about the culture. They're all about respect, and I love that. So while I think it was justified um, – I'm I'm gonna give some props to the tour for putting their foot down. Look, dude, the PGA Tour won't even tell us who got popped last week for hot drivers, and there were six of them. Okay, mm-hmm. we can't even find that out. But the Korean PGA Tour is ready to throw dudes off for three years. Uh, I I don't remember which tournament it was, um, or it might have even been a Ryder Cup or something. But didn't Stevie Williams throw some fan's camera in? Oh. In a pond? I believe he smashed it because okay. he smashed it, and then I believe he threw it. Look, that's another thing that drives me insane. How in the world can you buy like a 5000 DSLR camera, $5,000 DSLR camera, but you can't have a silent uh, shutter button? That makes no sense. How is that possible? Yeah, I, I mean. I can silence my cell phone and take a picture, and it's silent. But I pay five or ten thousand dollars for you know an extended lens or something like that, and I can't even get it quiet. That's just stupid. Oh, it was a skins game. Oh, how convenient. Oh, was um, that the one where uh, where Annika outdrove Fred Funk, and then Fred had to wear Annika's dress? Uh, no. This uh, one actually looks like it had a fairly decent field. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, a field of four. Yeah, it looks. It looks like it was. Davis Love, Tiger, VJ, and Colin Montgomery. Okay, but uh, yeah, that that's decent. That um the Fed, the Fred Funkier. Oh wait, I'm not even sure. Yeah, the Fred Funkier. By the way, if you ever want to know why the Skins game went away, the last year the field included Brett Wetterick. Hey, Brett Wetterick was a boss, man. Yeah, but he's Brett Wetterick. Who else was in that field? Uh, I look. I was actually reading this article the other day because I was considering doing a a thing. Fun, funding your own skins game? Uh, no, I was actually considering doing a uh, uh, like a quick nine. Okay. Um. So yeah, the the two thousand seven skins game I think was the last one. Okay, and... you know why he was in that, right? He was in that because in 2006, he won the Byron Nelson. Okay. So he was a PGA Tour champ at that time. I guarantee that's that's why. He won three nationwide tour events, and then he won uh, the Byron Nelson in 2006. Okay. I mean, I, I'm not questioning his ability as a PGA Tour player. Guess what his highest official world golf ranking was ever. Seven. You'll never no, come on! You never think you didn't think he was actually seventh in the world. No, 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 I didn't. G- g- take a take a real guess. It's much higher than I thought it was. Um, twenty fifth. Uh, very close, Scott. Twenty first. Okay. I would have never thought Brett Wetterick had been as high as twenty first in the world. It's crazy. Hmm. He was on the 2006 Ryder Cup team. Yeah, I was gonna say he made a Ryder Cup. So, um, yeah. So uh, what I'm saying is, uh, you know, it's fine that he's in there. He's definitely he was definitely a pro. That's not an issue. The issue is this used to be Nicholas Palmer player and Trevino, right? You know, it devolved to. Stephen Ames, Zach Johnson, mm. Brett Wetterick, and Fred Couples. Yeah, and obviously, you know, Freddie being the the highlight of it. Uh, Brett Brett Wetterick also in two thousand and seven. Man, he had a good two years there. 
the Cadillac Championship, you finished T6 in 2006 and second in 2007. Uh, for all the Brett Wetterick fans that are out there listening right now. Mm-hmm. No other podcast is bringing you this much Brett Wetterick history. No, that is the God's honest right there. Uh, hey, Scott, let's take a real quick break and pause for a commercial. Awesome. All right, we're back. Um, Scott, we got one last question to answer from Instagram. This is a very interesting one. And I know you have one of these in your possession. I do not, uh, nor have I ever hit one. But uh, the Hickory Golfer asked us, have you ever hit a Hickory Club? And I can honestly say I have never hit a Hickory Club in my life. And for the people out there, we're not talking about vintage clubs. Like, we're not talking about, you know, wooden face drivers. A Hickory Club literally has a wooden shaft. Okay, this is this is like pre-industrial revolution golf you have a hickory club scott so my uh, my grandfather um not the one that that like really taught me the game and took me out when i was like seven years old my other grandfather had some golf clubs in his shed that when i started playing he's like well i have some golf clubs and he gave me his you know collection of golf clubs it was a mishmash of different things you know there was some some you know persimmon drivers there was you know some just random irons actually there's like a decent like blade three iron that i still probably have in my my parents house that uh was so rusty that we spray painted it gray so it would look like it was an actual like golf club i like that um and also amongst that was a hickory shafted seven iron uh again super rusty um, it had a, a really worn, probably, you know, rotted out leather grip. Um, but again, when you're like eight years old and someone just gave you a bunch of golf clubs and all you want to do is hit golf balls, you know, for me, that was kind of like a, a really cool thing to have because it had a wooden shaft. So, you know, I, I don't know if it's still actually in my possession. It may have, you know, gone away at some point. But I definitely hit it, you know, in a in a field at one point, because that's kind of like where I learned how to play golf in a, on a soccer field, hitting balls mm-hmm. back and forth to my grandfather. Um, and I probably brought it to the range a couple times. But yeah, I mean, I was young, but I've definitely hit a hickory shafted club. That's pretty cool. Um, so this just in, Bryson DeChambeau liked our comment because every week, I don't know if you can see that, you probably can't. But every week, mm. I mess that probably really interrupted the reception there. Sorry, just a uh, little bit. Yeah, every week, <laughs> I send Bryson a message, and I send him, "Hey Bryson, here is your weekly podcast invite." And most weeks, he likes that comment. Uh, <laughs> we still have not gotten any further than that. Um, you know what? You gotta shoot your shot. Oh, for sure, Steph Curry style, boy. Yep. And uh, I think it's uh, Wayne Gretzky. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Yeah. So, Or, or like Yogi Berra may have said, um, if you take 100 shots and miss 100 shots, you might make one. Exactly. You know? It is exactly. what it is. Yep. Um, did you see, Scott, this is, this is interesting because I have seen some interesting things in a golf cart. On the making the social media rounds is the video of some moron flying over a green. I I guess trying to clear or drive through a sand trap. Um, hitting Always the front a good decision. Lip, yeah, hitting the front lip of the sand trap, toppling over in midair, crashing down, and basically destroying the cart and himself. Um, it's on golf.com. It's on all the social media channels anywhere. You can just look up golf cart crash or golf cart flying. You'll see it this week. It was a pretty intense one. What's the worst golf cart situation you've ever been in? Uh, the one, the worst one I've ever been in, in all honesty, was not that bad. Um, like we were, and when I say we, I mean you and I, uh, we were sharing a golf cart. You were driving. 
Um, I think we were at Eisenhower. How come, how come these stories are always me driving? I don't know. It's just it's just a coincidence. Mm. Um, I think it was Eisenhower, probably blue. Let's say I don't know. Blue and white are the same golf course, so who would even? I mean, basically, but we never really paid to play white. We'd always sneak on at seven o'clock, so it must have been blue. Exactly. Well, I have to tell you, I have a, a thought in my head about that, but we'll we'll Bet. we'll. We'll we'll talk about that later. Um, so anyway, the uh, the so I fell out of the golf cart. That's the worst situation I've ever been in. In all honesty, I fell out. I did like a quick roll, and I was fine. So, uh, is that even really a bad situation? Nah, it's actually kind of cool because now I can say I fell out of a golf cart. Fair enough. I, you know, whatever. I didn't kill you. Stay I only here. did it to make you stronger. Uh, I I don't remember. We probably didn't have money on the round, but now I would think that if you did it, <laughs> it was you trying to trying to do some do some damage. Never. Maybe never, maybe friend, keep never. me from making a full backswing or something. Maybe maybe. So I've got one interesting story. It started after uh, a round was. Was in progress. It was about the tenth or thirteenth hole, something around there. We were playing at Sky Top, up in Northeast PA, and I was playing with a bunch of the guys that I work with. And there was a new guy who was a long-term sub for one of our teachers that was on sabbatical. And I was with my friend Rich in one cart, and these other two individuals, not to be named, who were involved in the situation, were in the other cart. Well, the one guy, the new guy, was getting ready to swing. And his buddy, quote unquote, told us that he was just going to bump him in the legs when he was about to swing to mess up his swing because it would be funny. We were about 20, 30 feet on the other side or middle of the fairway. They were in the left rough. And he went to go do that. But I guess he didn't anticipate the cart jumping as much as it did. And it literally rolled over this other individual. Whose name is Jeff? We'll just say it. And Jimmy, who was driving the cart, who is now a head football coach at a uh, university. We won't say where. But Jimmy drove over Jeff all the way up to his waist. Jeff is on the ground screaming lots of curse words that we won't say on a family-friendly show like this. Pounding his fist, trying to hit the back of the cart with the club that his in his hand as he's pinned underneath. Jimmy backs it up. Jeff gets up. He has puncture wounds in his legs from the keys and the tees that were in his pocket. Starts smashing the cart with the club and yelling, get out of the cart, you... That. Bloop, beep, beep. All that. And Jim says, all right, dude, all right. I really didn't mean to do it. Uh, uh. And he sticks his chin and he goes, just hit me once and we're even. So Jeff calms down and says, oh, dude, I'm not going to hit you. He's like, it was just, why did you do that? He's like, man, I didn't think the cart was going to run you over completely. And so anyway, long story short, they didn't come to blows. I kind of wish they would have. Um, Rich and I were very stunned when we saw this happen. Uh, but it is the only time that I've ever seen a golf cart literally engulf a person. It, it was like a, a a snake engulfing a mouse. You know what I mean? Like engulfing a rat. It just devoured him and sucked mm. him up underneath it. And um, we never played golf as a foursome again. I wonder why. Uh, yeah, I was going to say that that's probably, probably going to be a, a bad situation. Yeah. Um, yeah, probably not going to invite each other out to play golf together too no. much. And he was he was bleeding through his pants. He's like, "This is my only pair of golf shorts I have." Yeah, those are the days. I mean, I, I've I've seen some other crazy stuff. Like, I think I told the story probably like thirty podcasts ago. Um, there was this the golf course I used to play at. I used to be a member at the seventeenth hole was a very elevated tee box. Like you, you hit down to the fairway um, and to call it an elevated tee, you hit it down, down a big hill. Um, and there used to be a lot of outings and during outings, people 
you know, overindulge in uh, certain types of beverages. Like and, Arnold Palmer's and Diet Cokes. Uh, like John Daly's and Jack and Cokes. Ah, my bad. Yeah, let, let, let's go with that. And somebody had one too many of these beverages. And that person decided it would be a great idea to see if he could drive his golf cart down the side of this probably, I would say, 50-foot hill. Rational move. He thought he could jump it. He couldn't. Mm. From what I understand, he had to be helicoptered out. Um, so, yeah, it was not a good situation for him. And you know what? Uh, maybe he learned his lesson. Golf carts do not provide a lot of stability to the rider inside on impact. You literally are not strapped down. Those tops are flimsy. They will collapse, and you most likely will die. Yeah, so let's not drive it off hills or run it over people or drive in a reckless manner, which might lead, you know, someone who you've been friends with for, you know, 20 plus years to, to fall out of a golf cart. Uh, that couldn't be me you're talking about because I've known you for well over 30. So for all those people that have known uh, Scott for 20 years, don't knock him out of the cart. I, I was thinking the time that the incident happened, but okay. <laughs> or better yet, just get out and walk. Yeah. Right? Walk yeah. your local well, muni. Walk well, your local country club. And that's the thing. If I was pushing my cart or just carrying, that, that situation would not have happened. So it's my own so, fault. <laughs> I was going to say it, but you did. Fair enough. I, I'm good. Um, so lastly, Scott, our buddy Dougie from the Golf Clan, who his episode of Leave the Pin In will premiere uh, later on this week, probably Friday. Great interview I did with him. Awesome dude. Does YouTube videos. Um, it is really trying to create like a golf community, if you will, on Instagram, which I think is a pretty cool thing to do. Yep. Super nice guy. So anyway, he is doing this video contest from PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com. It is something you should definitely go to. You should vote for his video. It's called Golf is Great. Starts off with like a black and white facade. It says Golf is Great on. It has his name on it, the golf clan. Um, some very talented people making videos for it. His, I just happen to think, maybe I'm a little bit biased, but I happen to think it's head and shoulders above the others. Uh, the prize is him and three friends get to play a round of golf with uh, Charlie Reimer and Paige Sporanic in Myrtle Beach. So that's a pretty cool prize, and he does some pretty cool YouTube videos. There's a lot of good YouTubers out there, Scott, doing videos. You know, A lot of new media for golf, which I really enjoy. Uh, yes. Uh, so first of all, the golf clan, that is a, a definite solid Instagram follow. Um, I've been checking out some of the, the I call it the, the back issues as it were trying to go back oh, a little bit. I like that's that. my new Those thing. Deep dive. Well, yeah. That's my new thing is, is a lot of these YouTube uh, and not YouTube, but a lot of the Instagram people that I follow or I start following, I go back kind of when I have some time and and check out things that they were posted, you know, earlier in the year, in, you know, a couple of years ago, things like that, because um, that 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 interests me. I want to see like how it's developed. Um, so you know, that's been kind of cool to to look at. Um, that is a, a pretty sweet contest that uh, you know he he's got working there. So hopefully he can get that round of golf because that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. I'm no good at making videos. I'm just good at speaking. Maybe Myrtle Golf uh, or PlayMyrtleGolf.com or whatever it's called should uh, should have us out there, Scott, to maybe do a live remote pod or something along those lines. You know what? And that would be pretty awesome. And and maybe maybe that's how we work it. Maybe you know he wins and we are invited to to broadcast. We'll yeah, do like a, we'll do like a live, like an Instagram live thing. Or uh, you know Facebook Live or YouTube Live, and just they'll be playing golf, and we'll do commentary. Leave the pin, and we will come and talk at your course. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so, I mean, I don't really have the time for this, but throw me enough money, I'll do it. If you got like a charity outing or something like that, and you want like professional commentary, 
I, I mean, we're not capable of that, but we'll do, you know, <laughs> amateur commentary for you. Yeah, yeah, look, you could spend two mil and get Jim Nance, or you could spend 200 and get two dudes. Jim, you know what I mean? Jim Nance is way too busy, but Dan and I will pretty much do it for, like, a cool hat. Yeah, and a round of golf. Let's not forget. Oh, yeah, well, we have to get a round of golf. So we go out first. We play before the tournament. For then sure. we're in, and then we just chill on 18 and watch people come up and make comments about their backswings. Yeah, Scott and I are basically like the two old grumpy men in the Muppets, all right? We're just a little bit younger and better looking, and mm. we don't have a balcony to sit in. But it's basically the same thing. No, no, no. If I'm going, I get a balcony to sit in. Man, that's that's a you, you got a long rider, don't you? Am I going to have to make them give you M&Ms with no brown M&Ms in it or no green M&Ms. <laughs> nah, they got to build us a tower on 18. <laughs> They'll put out like two lounge chairs or something. <laughs> and a ladder. Scott, climb to the top of the ladder and start announcing. <laughs> I mean, I didn't say what kind of tower. <laughs> I suppose I deserve that. <laughs> um, what, what else do we got, buddy? We got anything else for this week or no? Nah, there's not a ton going on. It's still kind of, oh. still kind of quiet. Yeah, we're we're still a little bit too far out for our Presidents Cup preview. It's gonna be cool seeing Tiger as a playing captain. I wonder how much he's gonna actually play. Um, I still think he's gonna back out of that. Really? Yeah, I don't know. You think even even with him being like, "Hey, I'm cleared to play now. The doctor said I could." I mean, dude, mm. he's got like two months. Uh, he's got more than two months. Uh, yeah, we'll see. He could, yeah. I don't know. the The question's gonna be: Does you know? Does he didn't make captain's picks yet, right? No. The question is: Why are you doubt and taunt? That's the question, uh, Scott. I don't know. I still feel like he's gonna pull out of it. He might. But, I, I mean, say, let's, I, let's. I'm not doubting him because I think if he plays, he's you know, Tiger. But yeah, I mean, you're talking nonsense, Scott. Like, why? When? When does Tiger ever pull out? <laughs> Ouch. Um. Hmm. Okie dokie. All right, people. So we either get busy I, golfing. Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> either get busy golfing or get busy dying. Bye. <laughs>